So we'll be talking to you today about God's mysterious wisdom. If you have your Bibles, again, open them up. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start from verse 6. But if you're able to stand with me, please do so. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start reading from verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Please pray with me. Father in heaven. We ask for you to please impart your word of truth, this spiritual, eternal wisdom that comes from heaven above through Jesus Christ by your spirit to us. Please, Lord, you say if anyone lacks wisdom to ask of you, so we we lack wisdom every day, especially at this time, Lord. We need your wisdom. We need your grace. Please help us. Please heal us. Please change and transform our minds. We don't want to be conformed to the world, but we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That means we need to learn about you and your ways and your word of truth. Please open up our understanding of your word. We ask, we pray. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Have a seat if you would, please. So God's wisdom, I want to open up by saying, God's wisdom is for those who are maturing. There's an earthly wisdom and a godly wisdom. An earthly wisdom and a godly wisdom. Perhaps you've heard. I'm going to read to you. This was in the news just recently. Uh, As of, looks like it was published January 20th, 2024. A Kansas couple charged with collecting man's retirement while keeping his body in their home six years. Oh my gosh. Don't die in that house. (laughs) Overland Park, Kansas. A Kansas couple has been charged with fraudulently collecting more than $215,000 in retirement benefits on behalf of a dead relative while they concealed his body inside their home for six years. Authorities say Mike Carroll's pacemaker showed that he died in 2016 at age 81. They had to check his pacemaker. (laughs) I think the heart stopped at that time. But Overland Park police didn't discover his body until 2022 after his son-in-law, Kirk Ritter, called police to report his death in the Kansas City suburb. Prosecutors say Lynn Ritter and Kirk Ritter, both 61, continued depositing and spending from Carol's bank account even while his body became mummified on a bed in the home he owned. Lynn Ritter is Carol's daughter. All right, so a couple in Kansas... That's obviously wisdom from the world, not godly wisdom. They thought it was wise to keep a dead relative in their home for six years. Don't try that at home, right? And they did this to collect their dead relative's retirement benefits. So as Paul writes here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, there is a wisdom of this age, a wisdom that's found in this world. That word for age can be translated as world as it is in the King James Version Bible. Wisdom from the world. Wisdom from the world will say, make money at any cost. 
Wisdom from the world will say things like, fake it till you make it. <laughs> Some will go as far as to say, lie, cheat, and steal. And apparently this couple is like, hey, if you got a dead relative, mooch off of them, even six years after they're dead. Can you imagine that? Like, no, no, no. You can come and hang out in my house. Don't go in that room, though. <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> What's that smell? Oh, boy. So the wisdom of the world is foolishness next to God's wisdom. Amen? Wisdom from the world. This one's almost comical. Really sad, too, if you think about it. Here's what God's wisdom says to you and me. This is what Jesus says. Now, this is foolish in the world. Here's God's wisdom to God's people, to you and me. It says here, these are the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so if we lay up our treasures here, just here on earth with the money, or like this couple, it's like, I don't care to any extent. A dead relative dies, good. Let's hold on to his body for six years, collect the benefits. That's crazy. So in God's wisdom, that's foolish. But in the world's wisdom, they look at what Jesus says and they say, that's foolish. That's a good investment, by the way. Store up your treasures that pay off for how long? For eternity. This is what Jesus says. So in verse 6 here, Paul's mentioning that we speak, he says, wisdom. Look at this again, verse 6. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. Now this is at the tail end of what we looked at last time. How when Paul would go to Corinth, unlike when he went to, remember he went to Athens and he preached to the Athenians. We looked at that in detail, look at the context. He went to this area called Athens. And in that city, he was preaching really to the philosophers. He used not godly wisdom, but more so worldly wisdom. He's probably trying to really get in with the in crowd. After on, or later on afterwards, he realized, man, he didn't make any converts. He did not even mention the name Jesus Christ. He didn't even point people to the cross of Christ. He said, repent, but he laid the groundwork for later on he would have to follow up. And then in the book of Acts, we find that right after he was there in Athens, he went where? To which city? To Corinth. And so this is where we're at now. And so Paul's kind of relishing, he's, he's remembering this time, kind of recapping. Here in chapter 2, when he was with them, he opens up in the first paragraph that we looked at previously. He says, when I was with you, I determined to know nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So hey, here's what it comes down to. Here's how it worked for Paul, and here's how it works for you. When you want to preach for evangelism, you must point people to Jesus, the Christ, and him crucified. You point to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. However, verse 6, when it comes to those who are already Christians, you and I now need what? God's wisdom. Now you preach so that souls can be saved. You do that for evangelism. But in discipleship, once someone's already saved, they need now what? They need God's wisdom. We need to be taught through the word, amen? So when Paul was discipling Christians into maturity, his emphasis was upon teaching. As he says, quote, wisdom among those who are 
mature. Here's what Warren Wiersbe had to say about this in this passage. I quote him here on the slide. You see it. It is necessary in the local church for the pastor and teachers to declare the gospel to the lost. But it is also important that they teach God's wisdom to those who are maturing in the faith. It is impossible to build a strong church on the preaching of the gospel alone. There must be the teaching of the plan and, he says, mystery of God. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're talking about God's wisdom now. It's this mysterious wisdom, sort of a mystery. It's mysterious to the world. And if we want to say it like this, using an oxymoronic statement, carnal Christians, worldly Christians, which really are not real Christians, it will be mysterious to them as well. But in the church, the church has been, as we might say, preached to death. You might have a place where you gather. Maybe I grew up and I went to some places where it was all about evangelism. That's great, but we can have a lot of people that are only inch deep in maturity. Make sense? Where we have no spiritual growth and no maturity. If it's only about salvation, the church has been preached to death when it comes to that. Now, once someone's saved... Now they need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? There needs to be the teaching of the entire Bible. We need to be like even Paul, where he says, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God, the full counsel of God, the totality of the scriptures. So even as Warren Wiersbe found out, there's a great lack and therefore a great need of churches to teach the full counsel of God. So think about this. The good shepherd wants church shepherds. Shepherd just means pastor. Pastor means shepherd. So Jesus, the good shepherd, wants church shepherds or church pastors to be teaching the Bible, the entire Bible. Amen? That's what they need so that they can grow. After all, Jesus himself authorized, he called, he commanded, and he commissioned in what we call the Great Commission of Matthew 28. Go therefore and what? Make disciples. And you... you Read further of instructions how you make disciples. He says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So there's great need for teaching, but not just in teaching the Bible, teaching for application, amen? And then helping them. Just like Jesus was saying this to someone like Matthew Levi, he's probably like, oh, that's good. I got a quote of the biggest thing, the last command of my book, 28 chapters. The, the king of the gospels, as we call it, the first book of the New Testament. Probably like, oh, that's good. Oh, wait a second. The context is really clear to me, Jesus. Just like you did with, wait, wait, you spent like three years with me. Oh, man, you put up with our nonsense? Exactly. And he says to him now, who became a disciple, a follower of the Lord, what I've done with you, Matthew, you need to do with others. That might take three years. Exactly. Might take longer. Exactly. Just like raising kids. It takes a long time. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And he concludes, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. You can read that in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. So look at this in verse 7. You and I, we know, in Cabbage Chapel, we know we need God's wisdom that's only found in God's word. Amen? We need that. We must have that. In fact, I would go so far as to say, if we don't have the teaching of the totality of Scripture, if we're not using the Bible, we're not teaching you the Bible from the pulpit, I would dare to say it's probably not a church. The church is the people, but gathered collectively in a community out of house and home, gathered publicly, the church is the pillar and ground of what? Of the truth. 
Okay, it's the place where people know, okay, I don't know about what they teach out there and what people stand for out there, but in here, we must live and die and stand for God's word of truth. Amen? It needs to be. And I want people even that are outside, or even us here, to know that. Like whatever goes on outside, that's up to them. But here, we must be the pillar and ground of what? The truth. God's word of truth. When it comes to God's word being mysterious, check this out. This is verse 7. I just brought this up. This is a little screen capture of my Bible study software. I did the homework so you don't have to. This word, look at this in verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God and a mystery. So he's talking about in the first paragraph of chapter 2. Hey, I went out and with you Corinthians, when I preached, unlike Athens, that's the context, unlike Athens, I preached to you Jesus Messiah and him crucified. This is what he did for you. Why? That your, your faith would be in the power of God, not in the wisdom of the words of man. And not in me, definitely. And now he goes on in this next paragraph. But I'm speaking to you the wisdom of those who are mature. So those of you that want to grow in knowledge of God and God's word, this is who he's speaking to. And I, I hope and pray that's everyone here. We definitely need to focus on this. And then here in verse 7, we learn that this wisdom of God is like a mystery but yet it isn't for you and me. Look at this in verse 7. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Musterion is the word. You can see it up here. And I circled here in red. A hidden thing. A secret. A mystery. Generally mysteries, religious secrets, confided only to the initiated and not to ordinary mortals. That's interesting to read. This is from Thayer's. I didn't write that. That's Thayer's. Ordinary mortals. So I guess you and I, if you're wanting to grow and mature in God's ways... You're not an ordinary mortal. Think about that. Because the regular folks, like in the world, or even, again, God forbid, but worldly Christians, they don't care about growing in knowledge of God's word. This is why, even for us, we're kind of an oddity in the body of Christ, Calvary Chapel. Why? Because we want to study the totality of the Bible. I, I, I want to be able to be like Paul and say to you guys, I am not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God, the full counsel of God. I've taught you the entire Bible. And God willing, thank, thankfully by God's grace, we're now going the second time through the New Testament. Every book, every chapter, and even I remember going through and digging through every Greek word to see in some of these nuggets. I'm going to show you the nuggets and the gold veins that we find. The mustarion. So what is this? These are the hidden things of God that are found only in the wisdom of God that's contained in the word of God through Jesus Christ. And he's given this to you. He's given it to me. And he wants us to study these things. A hidden or secret thing, it says, not obvious to the understanding. So you and I might look at this and, and just go, okay, I, I get it. I could just do Bible study. I was going to dig in. But no, you need God's spirit, the author, to interpret it for you and for me. Amen. It just doesn't come to ordinary mortals, as it says here, or, or to regular understanding. So to born-again Christians, God reveals this mysterious wisdom to you. Thayer says, not to ordinary mortals. So I guess that's where you and I are. <laughs> we're Christians who are not ordinary mortals. Christians who are kind of bizarre. I, I remember working at a place, it was American Bible Society some years ago, in Manhattan. I was there for about 10 years. Where I, I, I assumed going in there, I was like, during the headlights. I assumed everybody there was a born-again, spiritual Christian. I went there, I'm like, there are hardly any born-again Christians here. 
a lot of Catholics, some Muslims. I'm like, wait a second, you're Muslim? How did you get this job? I don't know, it's an American Bible Society. Don't work there anymore. But I do want to say, not everybody there really wanted to study the Word of God in depth. And I can't blame them. Because for someone that's not a born-again Christian, they don't have the Spirit of God living within them, they're really not going to care much for God's Word, are they? They're not, so you can't blame them. They're just acting in the normal, ordinary, carnal state. But for you and I, we're not new Christians. Okay, we come to Christ, we've tasted of His goodness, like Peter wrote, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You can read about that in First Peter chapter 2. In other words, the only thing that God has given you and I for spiritual growth is the word. Church, ladies and gentlemen, lift up your sword. This is what God has given you and me for spiritual growth. So if you want to grow, who here wants to grow? This is what you need. I remember my Bible college days, I had a guy, a little short guy, he, was like, he used to illustrate it for us. He's like, arr, 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 arr. <laughs> i got to eat the word, my diet's the word. Arr. I'm like, wow. <laughs> he was funny, but it's stuck. You have to consume, devour the word of God. And that's what they taught us. I'm so thankful for that. It's just the Bible. And now what is it that you need? Just the Bible. You don't need me. I'm replaceable. Jesus is not replaceable. God's word is not replaceable. I'm replaceable. Gladly to be so. Because I need to point you to who? Just like Paul. Jesus Christ and him crucified. His work for you. And so what you and I need, just like Jesus told Peter, and then Peter writes in his letter, as a newborn babe, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We've got a bunch of mommies here. Who here is a mommy or a daddy? You remember when your baby was first born? You remember those sleepless nights which turned into sleepless weeks? For some of you, it turned into sleepless months? Years? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh boy, it's worth it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's your illustration, mommies, daddies. Peter understood that. As a newborn babe, desire the pure milk of the word. So when the newborn baby is hungry, what does the newborn baby do? Let me hear. Let me hear how. How does it sound? My wife does a good. That, yeah, that's how Joshua sounded, actually. You're much more mild now, buddy. <laughs> And they don't cry the same, too. Even our daughter was like, she's quiet. And what happens to that little alarm clock when you don't tend to it? Like how? How, mommies? <laughs> okay, not too much. You're going to scare the singles here. <laughs> I'm never going to have a baby. <laughs> so the little bundle of joy gets loud. There's a little tiny thing, like, how do you make that much noise? And Peter says, as a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. I like how he said pure. Keep it pure. The pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So you and I must have mass consumption of God's word. One reason why God's wisdom is mysterious is that he doesn't reveal it to every Christian. 
You have to desire his word, his wisdom. So some are like, yeah, big deal. I'm not going to read my Bible. You read it for me. doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. That's why I need to know, and you need to know, sometimes people will come in here or wherever. You might connect with them online or offline. And they want to know. They're going to ask questions. And you might simply need to point them to Jesus Christ. Go, go home and read your Bible. I don't want to. I want you to tell me. That might take me a whole month. You could tell me in 30 seconds. Right? Has that ever happened to you guys? That'll happen. That happens to me. That happens to me right now at a place I work. And I got a note coming in. like, God, you've you got to equip me, prepare me. So I'm like focused on what I need to do, my little duty. And it might come someone up, ask a Bible question. That happens. Let God use you in that way. That might happen with you and your family, your neighborhood. Okay, so get equipped with God's word. Your, your job is to get God's word in. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring it out. But he can't bring it out if it's not in there. Right? Have you ever noticed that sometimes when God equips you through his word and only the Bible, that sometimes in normal conversation, just connecting with people throughout your day, walking with Jesus, connecting with people, that sometimes... Someone will come to you in an interaction and dialogue with them. Something will flow out. And you're like, I didn't even know I remembered that Bible verse. Does that happen to any of you? You see, that's application of what I'm talking about. Holy Spirit wants, like, oh, I want to use your life. I want that to happen all the time. Please get into my word more so that I could bring it out. And that living water can flow. And you know, when that happens to you, you're like, Yo, it's like when you're a kid going on a roller coaster. If you like roller coasters, who here likes roller coasters? Some of you don't. I know Andy doesn't like. He likes roller coasters. <laughs> they could be fun. Actually, when you get older, like me, I, I can't handle the gravity and the the up and down as much. I'm 55. Was that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's different. But you remember as a kid, when you went on roller coaster, if you liked roller coasters, you get off, and when you like the roller coaster, what do you say to your friends? Let's go again! Yeah. <laughs> it's like you keep going until you barf. <laughs> it's like, let's keep doing this. Well, being used of God without the barfing, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Scary and exciting at the same time. Right? And dare I say at this junction, Christian, maybe that's what God wants you to, where he wants you to be, how he wants to use your life where you're in that place where you're just so blown away. Wow, I'm just spending time with you in the Word. I didn't even know I remembered that verse. I didn't even know I knew that principle. Where did you bring that out of? Wow. And He's trying to lead you so that He could feed you in the Word and then lead you and bring it out. Again, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring it out of you. But you and I need to get in the Word. That's our job, amen? Okay, so we need to read and feed on the entirety of the Bible. So verse 6, he says, We speak wisdom among those who are mature. So for the Christian who doesn't seem to care to go deeper into maturing in God's word and God's ways, God simply may not reveal his wisdom to them. They'll keep coming to you. They'll keep going to other Christians that know. And your heart might... May it be like mine, where you want them to be fed. You know, there's an old saying, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish. What? Feed him for a lifetime. May God use us to help people to learn 
to not just be fed, but to learn how to feed themselves on God's Word. Amen? To read through and be taught through the entire Bible. So I found in my years here, I'm going to dip, uh, as I said, as an old DJ uh, years ago, we used to call it digging in the crates, like going into old history. I'm going to show you something from 18 years ago. And, and Wendy, she's still here, praise God. Look at this, that was Wendy back then. <laughs> this was like 18 years ago. <laughs> we used to meet just on that side, isn't that crazy? On that side of the wall, about 18 years ago. This is Daily News. They published this on July 6, 2008. And when they asked me, my response to what our biggest issue was, yeah, it's hard to read here, but it says right there, biggest issue, here's what I said. For some reason, it's tough for us to find Christians that are willing to know Jesus Christ intimately and equally tough to find those who are hungry to know the Bible the best that they possibly can. 18 years later, I got to tell you guys, that's crazy to, to read this and go, I guess that's kind of the spiritual climate of New York City Christians. There's a lot of Christians here in New York City who, like, they say they're Christian, but no indication of that at all in their walk. And I can't so much point a finger because that was me for some years. And yet, I, I had a desire. I didn't know I needed to be discipled and to be taught and fed God's word of truth. So this is what I remember telling them about our fellowship here and 18 years later. We're still here. It's like, praise God, it's the same message. So for those of you that have been here for a long time, it's like, why does it sound like he's always saying the same thing? There are certain things the Holy Spirit's trying to hammer home. It's just the Spirit of God and just the Word of God and the child of God's life. That's what you need, pointing us to Jesus Christ and Him crucified and to walk in His ways. Amen? That's what we need. So here's what Paul wrote about God's mysterious wisdom to the church at Colossae. I highlighted some of this in red, using the same word for mystery. There's something to this. I want us to kind of park on here before we go on. Look at this in Colossians 1. It's here on the screen. If you're taking notes, it's Colossians 1, verse 26, into chapter 2, verse 3. But I'm going to read this here. It's on the display. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed, who's them? The saints, you and I. I'm not talking about a statue. I'm not talking about a dead person or statue. Saints, the holy people, the holy ones of God, you and me, born-again Christians. Verse 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this, again, mystery, musterion, among the Gentiles. What's this mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's writing to a Christian church, to Christians like you and me. This is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And all the Bible, all the totality of the scriptures points to Jesus Christ. And this Christ is in you. He's the hope of glory. And what about this Christ, the hope of glory? Verse 28, him we preach. Notice in verse 30, uh, 28, there's three things that must be done in every church. Not just the church at Colossae, also the church in Middle Village, Queens. Amen? Three things. Him we preach. We must have preaching. And who do we preach? Jesus Christ. Like Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. I want to preach to you Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he goes on to say, warning every man, exhortation. You don't just send them out with a smile. Don't exhort. People don't like that. They don't like being told what to do. They don't want to be confronted in their sins. That's what worldly churches will say. That's not godly. That's not biblical. And that's not the way of Jesus Christ. 
warning every man. So that also speaks of apologetics. Hey, there's cults out there. If all I do is feed you God's word, but I don't warn you, I might be, as we say, fatting up the sheep for the kill. Because here comes along someone, you know, Joe and Jane cultists that want to drag you perhaps into a cult. That can happen. And I would be one. Hopefully other men and others here would say, no, 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 can't do that. Don't be a wolf here. So warning every man. And second, so it's preaching, exhortation. He says, and teaching. Preaching, exhortation, and teaching. Got to have that for the healthy Christian. These are the mysteries of God. They're found in the Bible. And teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. And then into chapter 2, starting at verse 2. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge, and he says, of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. I highlighted the word Christ, pointing to Messiah. Why? Because in verse 3, it says, notice this, Colossians 2, verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So folks, once you get saved, once you're, you've been preached to, evangelized, pointed to Jesus, Messiah, and Him crucified, what He did and who He is and His work for you, and now you're saved, guess what you need more of? Jesus Christ! You still need Jesus. Why? Because in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It might sound very, really simplistic. I know, faith... Uh, face value, you go like, okay. But it's deeper than that. So as you dig into the scriptures, you're going to find out more and more about who Jesus is. So the scriptures are not about us. They're about who? Jesus Christ. And this Jesus, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So if I do want to say at this juncture, if you're trying to go to God just for self, and try to go to God, answer my prayers, let me know what to do, you, you might sit there and go, I'm getting frustrated. This is taking days, weeks, months, maybe years. I'm not finding out the solution. Surrender yourself to Jesus Christ. Learn to fall in love with Him and His will and His plan. And then the scriptures will open up. Because it might be that that person is into idolatry even treating Jesus or the Bible like an idol. It's like, okay, I, don't, I just want to use you in my life to get what I want, and then I go back to my sin. That's how we could be as Christians. I know because I was like that for some time. And then God's mysteries, as found in Jesus Christ, revealed through the Word of God, it's as if they're still mysterious. They're still hidden. You and I have encountered Christians like that in our lives, haven't you? And you might need to simply disciple them to be more like Mary, to learn how to hear from him sweetly at his feet. No, no, I don't want that. Just give me the solution. You might hear that from people. And it gets frustrating. Anybody try that and it's frustrating? That gets frustrating. I know that can be. But it's not your problem. Whose problem is it? It's God's. He's trying to teach them about his wisdom and his grace. He's trying to use you to point them to him and his scriptures. So this Jesus Christ, Colossians 2 verse 3 in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're in him. 
So verse 28, it describes what the church needs today. It says, him we preach. Church pastors much, must, much, must preach Jesus Christ for people to get saved. What do you mean? That sounds so simple. We hear that all the time. Well, do you know that there's a lot of churches this Sunday morning around the planet, and especially here in New York City, that are preaching prosperity, a form of self-worship, a form of idolatry. Come to Jesus. Why? You could be wealthy. Are you sick? Where's your faith? It's, it's a form of self-worship. You have to have faith in your faith. That's unbiblical. And yet someone like Paul says, him we preach. Oh, come on, that's just in one book. No, he says it to the church at Colossae. He also said as we're going contextually through 1 Corinthians. This is what he did at Corinth. He preached pointing people to Jesus Christ and him crucified. He didn't preach, come to Jesus and you can get a lot of money. Now, there's a certain type of person you could preach that to. And they're the same kind of guy you ever go to the bodegas and they're like fiending on the scratches. They're like standing like, can I just pay for my soda? <laughs> like they're standing and oh, give me another one. You ever see that? There's a certain type of person. It's so sad that when you're sharing about Jesus Christ, they don't care about things like eternity, uh, that God's going to bless them. That God, you're talking about prosperity. God wants to prosper. Ooh, he's going to prosper you spiritually. Oh, I thought you meant financially. Okay? And so they're, they'll fiend for, they'll desire, and they'll run to a false gospel. Does that happen? Yeah, that happens. So someone like Paul saying, what is it that the church needed? Him we preach. This Jesus. Why would you preach Jesus Christ, even to Christians? Because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You need Jesus. You still need Jesus. We always need Jesus. Amen? Amen. And he says, warning every man. So church pastors must exhort people in the church. Warn them against cults. Warn them against false teachings. If I'm not feeding you the Bible, it's pretty easy to fake things to the flock, isn't it? And that's why you might hear of churches or entire denominations who they'll hide the Bible. Why? Because if they teach the totality of scriptures within context, the, the wolf is unmasked. Get it? And now they can't rip you off anymore. That's it? It's really that simple? Yeah. It's like a magician showing you how they do their tricks. It's like, oh, the magic's taken out of it. So there are people today, this morning, across the planet and all over New York City, greater New York area, who are not feeding the flock of God, God's word, so they can spiritually grow and mature and be able to detect the wolves. They're fleecing the flock. But they need Jesus, who's described and illustrated in the scriptures. So we need to warn every man. Amen? So there's preaching, there's exhortation, and also teaching. Teaching every man in all wisdom. Church pastors must teach the whole Bible. Why? So that Christians have God's wisdom. Even for you guys that have been here for a long time, especially, and now serving, so you're, you're being doers of the word. You're acting it out. You're walking out God's word. You're able to sniff out the wolves, aren't you? Can any of you testify to that? It's not because of me. And it's not even because of this church. It's simply because of God's spirit being used in the child of God's life with the word of God. Because if you're getting fed God's word, and you're seeing the word of truth, and what can you sniff out and detect more easily? What's fake and false, right? 
the more you know God's word of truth, the more the false sticks out. Can you guys testify to that? You read the Bible, you're like, that's not what it says, buddy. <laughs> so next time you hear the preacher, come on, where's your faith? Give more. Someone here has a thousand dollar love offering. It's like, oh, I think he's speaking to me. Honey, I was just asking, let's pray about what we should do with our life savings. <laughs> Does that happen? That happens. It's, it's really sad. That's happening in this city. We need to stop that. So one way to do it is, at least from this pulpit, I need to warn you guys what's out there. Okay? So you can be fed, you can be exhorted, and you can go and preach to others even. And some pastors in the city, people that call themselves pastors, you need to perhaps get them saved. That might sound a little harsh, but think about this. If they're truly shepherds under Jesus, the good shepherd, is Jesus going to lead that false shepherd into things like preaching about money? No. The good shepherd's not going to lead them to places like that or to even preach about money, 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 money. It's not money, money, money. It's Messiah, 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 right? It needs to be. It must be. So we need to preach Jesus Christ. We need to exhort and warn people. And we need to teach the whole Bible. We need that. Preaching, exhorting, and teaching for the entire Bible. So Paul's pointing out, let's go back here to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul's pointing out something that's a church's solution. Okay, Because again, the church has been preached to death. The church needs teaching. The teaching for application, amen? And we need to help one another to understand these things. They're not hard to do. They're, they're just right here. We've all got our Bibles. But what Paul's pointing out as the church's solution, that's become a problem in the church today, isn't it? It is. It has. So sadly, many who claim to be Christian who don't understand God's word are never going to fully know God's will. Simply because you and I need to keep repenting from our ways and walk in God's ways as found in his word. Amen? Is it really that simple? Kind of that simple. So to those that are already saved, Paul's teaching was based on the wisdom of God. And God's wisdom is, as he says, musterion. It's a mystery. It's a mystery to most people, including many Christians. Now, I remember hearing from Pastor Bob Hoekstra when I was younger, my Bible college days. And he had this thing of proclaiming Christ to Christians. I remember hearing about that first. I'm like, First glance, the first thought, like, that sounds a little arrogant, proclaiming Christ to Christians. And I got to know him and his, his calling and exhortations of, and teachings really of discipling Christians. And I realized that guy's spot on. Because we, we discovered, even amongst Calvary Chapel, they can go to like these huge megachurches. This is Southern California, where the Calvary Chapel is like Starbucks in Manhattan. They're like everywhere. They're like building on top of each other. Where many of them have like multiple thousands. It's just like that out there, where they, where they start out here. A little different. And because of that, there were, from my estimation, and those that I kind of experienced with, uh, I wasn't connecting with very, very many mature Christians. Uh, there were in the Bible college and places like that where you can go for discipleship, you have question answers, those kind of things. But I come to realize, like what Bob Hoekster was mentioning and teaching us, that it seems to be a lot of Christians that really don't care about spiritual maturity in some places. And then he moved to Texas, and it was the same thing he was sharing with us. He took over his dad's ministry. I remember when I was involved uh, in doing prison ministry, he went out and took over his dad's ministry. His dad was uh, Chaplain Ray. 
Anybody hear about Chaplain Ray? Some of you guys, if you're older, you may have heard about him on the radio. Um, he's one that opened up the door in international prison ministry so that many chaplains can get into prison. So his dad passed away, and then Pastor Bob Hoekstra went over to take out the ministry, take over the ministry in Texas. And I remember connecting with him, like, hey, we got to collaborate. I'm over here at American Bible Society. I'm the prison guy. I'm here to you know, distribute Bibles in prisons. We're like, great. So we connected on some things. And I remember him sharing. It's like, they moved to Texas. And some guys I knew that went with him. They were all connected with Buller Bible and those guys of the church that we were at. And he was sharing how, wow, there's a lot of people in Texas that claim to be Christians, but you don't see any evidence in their life at all. It's just like cultural Christianity. And you realize, wow, there's something to that. Again, proclaiming Christ to Christians. Why? Because we need to mature and we need to grow. Yeah, I need to. So that pronoun we, that's inclusive of me too. I need to grow. I want to grow up to be more like Jesus. Amen? We need that. All right, let's come back. Verse 9 as we pick up here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. For God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. How is it that God's going to reveal his wisdom to you? Through his spirit. You see why only born again, spirit-filled Christians, and you born again Christians, through the spirit, are revealed these things, this mysterious wisdom. Got to be born again. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, check this out. He says, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So God's wisdom is revealed to us through his Spirit. God's wisdom. So you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, his Son, that he would empower you by the Spirit. And we learn in the book of Hebrews, the author of the Bible is the Spirit of God. So you can get in touch with the author and ask him for his anointing, his understanding. So who can know the things within a person except that person? I don't know what's going on in your heart and life. Only you and Jesus do. In a similar way, who can know the deep things of God? And if you want to grow and mature in spiritual ways, you have to find out through the Spirit of God. Amen? He's the one that wrote the Bible. and He's the one that's going to reveal to you the Bible. So this is a great doctrine. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So... You and I are those that are desperately in need of God's spirit to reveal to you and I God's wisdom. And this godly wisdom, it's mysterious. Or is it? It's revealed to you and me. We simply need to do Bible reading and Bible studying. Amen? That's basically it. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So guys, only a born-again Christian can receive God's wisdom, this mysterious wisdom. It's mysterious, but yet it's revealed to you and I. We just need to seek Him through the Scriptures, empowered by the Spirit. Amen? All right. Can we set up that we can do a song to close here in just a bit? Oh, you might have to click through here. Can we click to the next slide and the last slide? I don't know if it works there. So in James, 
James chapter 1. There it is. Thank you. James chapter 1. Here's what James wrote. James 1 verse 5. Move this over a bit. He wrote, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That's what James wrote. And then in Proverbs 11 too, I love this too. With, when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. So if you want God's wisdom, you simply need to humble yourself and come to God. And so we're going to close in just a bit. I'll close us with prayer. We can worship some more. But if that's where you're at, where you want to seek God and ask God for his wisdom, then I want to ask that you would come forward and that we could pray for you. So if you want God's mysterious wisdom, then you simply need to, as James writes, ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to you. But it takes humility to ask, doesn't it? It does. It's really that simple. When I was younger, I remember uh, I lived in a house. There was a house in my name in Orange County, California, a city called Tustin. Like dating myself. This was like 30 years ago or something like that. It was a while ago. And I remember, though, reading books of the Bible, chapters, if not books. I'm talking like smaller books. So, And I'd read and go, I have no recollection of what I just read. You know, I grew up, I had times where like pot-filled mind and all. And some of you guys know what I'm talking about, where your mind's kind of eroded. You can't focus on anything, right? I don't, I don't miss those days. <laughs> But I remember asking God, I I want to understand this. Can you help me? I didn't even read in James chapter 1 at that time. I didn't know that verse. I didn't know the principle. But I was just wanting to know him and to know the Bible. I didn't know that he was the one that was calling me and that I was responding to him. He's the initiator. We're the respondent. We respond to him. So the desire, if you have a desire to grow spiritually, you have a desire to read and study God's word, that doesn't come from you. That comes from God. And he's trying to get you to respond. It's like a phone call. He calls, he wants you to answer it. I didn't know until I read this and go, oh, that's really what you were doing? (laughs) That you say this? I was lacking wisdom. I simply needed to ask you. And he did, he responded. I was so blessed. And I don't want it to be where you're out there in the wilderness like how I was and you just kind of are floundering around because that was me for some time, for a long time. I would rather just point you to the principle, to the scripture, and say if if that's what God's doing with someone here, hey, I want to be like a fisherman. I want to cast a net and say if you need prayer, let's pray for you. Someone here, I believe, is seeking God that you want this mysterious wisdom in his word to be revealed to you. And we want to pray for you. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to come forward during our time of worship. But I'm going to close us now in a time of prayer, and then uh, we can pray for you as we worship. So Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, we thank you for this glorious, mysterious wisdom, this mousterion. It's something that you reveal to those who are really seeking you, God. I know that's me. I want to know you. I want to be able to worship you more. I want to know your word. And I feel like the more that I study your word and know, I feel like the less I know. Because you, 
I could dig deep in your word, but you're still yet deeper. Oh, Lord. I want to know you more. And Father, I pray that you please would speak to our hearts. You probably have your children here, maybe one person, maybe some, maybe all. And that's where they're at, God. So, Lord, help us that we could simply be the church here, the body of Christ, that we can encourage one another, we can love one another, and we can help and pray for each other here. Help us, Lord. We ask. We ask for your wisdom. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.